You're listening to Happiness Abound, episode 147. Welcome to Happiness Abound, a podcast dedicated and designed to help those seeking happiness in their lives. Here we'll talk about happiness as gained through habit formation, being inspired by the stories of others, and looking for opportunities of growth and learning. I'm Taylor Proctor. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, Happiness Abounders, and welcome back. Have you ever seen someone and go, oh, they're just born that way? And I don't mean that in like a bless your heart kind of way, but in more of a, oh, you know, they've got a green thumb. They're just born that way. Oh, they're a great singer. They're just born that way. Have you ever thought that about somebody? And have you ever done the comparison game where you're like, oh, they're just born with a green thumb and... I just can't keep anything alive. I actually had those exact thoughts two times. I had singing and keeping plants alive. But I'm going to talk about plants first. Today, I am sitting in my little apartment office while we are waiting for a house to be built. And so it's been a real struggle to find light for my plants. And I have a great big, and I mean great big, fiddle leaf fig tree that is about oh I want to say it's about six feet tall and so it's it's pretty pretty big and when I got it it was about four feet tall and so it's it's grown a lot and they are known to be kind of finicky trees and so I've really had to kind of place figure out where to place it so it gets enough light but not so much and trying to figure out watering schedules and stuff now that we've moved to a place with less light and also was really worried about the stress of moving it and a whole bunch of things. But so now I'm in my office recording this episode and I have this great big six foot tree behind me. And maybe I'll take a picture and post it up as an Instagram story. And you can see the mess that is my office because it's kind of become the catch all for everything we don't have a place for that isn't packed away. But that said, so I'm sitting here and I have this great big tree behind me. And it reminds me of a couple years ago and there's a whole there's a whole concept around how I got a ton of house plants and a whole story about it and I won't go into that here but I did have a mindset shift where in the past I'd seen people that had house plants and things like that and I'd be like oh they're just born with a green thumb and I couldn't keep anything alive nothing and so you know bonsai trees we got a beautiful hibiscus tree as a as a housewarming gift from my father-in-law and I couldn't keep it alive unfortunately because it was gorgeous and had beautiful flowers but I had no idea what I was doing and I overwatered it didn't get enough sun and now I know these things but I didn't learn from those lessons either every time I got a house plant it would die and I found myself I'm just going to walk you through my process here I found myself looking at rooms and the things on Pinterest, interior design on Pinterest. And I noticed that every room that I liked had one thing in common. It wasn't the color scheme. Well, two things. It wasn't the color scheme. It wasn't the couches. It wasn't the decor. The thing that they, every picture had in common was A, a lot of windows and B, plants. So I already lived in a house that had a lot of windows 
And I decided that I was going to rededicate myself to getting a house plant and kind of keeping it alive. And I say kind of because who knows, right? Toss up, wasn't able to keep anything alive before. But I had this shift where I decided, yes, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to get a house plant and I'm going to keep it alive. And I ended up getting a lot of house plants in quick succession, which in its own thing is, like I said, its own story. But I ended up getting a lot in quick succession given to me and I had to keep them alive. And slowly I discovered that as I researched each plant, as I made sure that there was proper drainage, that I figured out their watering schedules, succulents versus other kinds of plants and things like a tree and cactuses and all of these things, I started to slowly accumulate a lot more plants and I started to be able to keep them alive. And now it's been several years, I'm going to say three, four years of me having a lot of houseplants and, and keeping them alive. And so this tree behind me that I've only had, I've actually had for less than a year, with it growing and being healthy, knock on wood, I, I look at it and I'm really proud of myself. And if you were to come into this apartment now and see my plants, you'd think, oh, she's just born with it. She has a green thumb. And I tell this story and I bring it up because it goes back to how often have you looked at somebody and thought, oh, they're just born that way. Oh, they're just blessed. They're just lucky. And I know houseplants may be a silly example. And there's tons of studies on houseplants and happiness. And maybe one day I'll get into that. But houseplants and, and keeping things alive may be a silly example. But the point of this whole story is, is that I went from thinking to myself, oh, I got a, I've got a brown thumb, I can't keep anything alive, to figuring out what I liked about interior design, to making a decision that I was going to rededicate myself to keeping something alive, to focusing and researching to keep things alive, to then actually getting plants and researching their unique needs to keep them alive, setting up routines and watering schedules, cleaning schedules, fertilizing soil schedules, things like that, to the point now where it feels very intuitive. And, but I had to work at it to then have somebody who could look in and go, oh, she's got a green thumb. She's just born with it. And what's even more interesting to me is that I thought I had a brown thumb. I couldn't keep anything alive. I start keeping houseplants alive and I find out that my mother and my grandmother both had tons of plants and had quote unquote green thumbs. So whether it's genetic or not, I don't know. But the point is, is I had a mindset that I couldn't do it. I had a mindset that I wasn't good enough. I had a mindset that oh, I've tried, I just can't succeed in it. To then being able to make a shift in that mindset, rededicate myself, to then find out it could be genetic that I, I have a quote unquote green thumb and I would have totally bypassed that, that. So here's this, I'm born with it 
And I was neglecting it and thinking that I had a brown thumb, right? I had this mindset. When I shifted the mindset, suddenly I can keep plants alive. And I don't necessarily think that's hereditary, by the way, but I think it comes down to the research and the, the almost intuitive nature that I now have based on the research, the studying, the testing things out. The, I mean, I have a cup that I water with and I'm worried to change to a watering can, even though I think they're way prettier than my great big, big gulp. It's a how to train your dragon cup. And but I know how much water to use with that cup. And so I'm worried about like a watering can, even though they look better and they'll be better for the decor purposes and everything else. I'm like, oh, I don't want to give up my how to train your dragon cup because it helps me water. But I know these things now intuitively because I've used the same cup every time because I've figured out what these plants need. So all of this rambling, if you haven't guessed yet, is to encourage you to re-examine your mindsets. Re-examine what you tell yourself you're not born with and what you tell yourself you're born with. Re-examine your quote-unquote talents. You may have hidden talents that you just haven't cultivated. But it all comes down to your mindset. It all comes down to telling yourself, I can do this, putting in the work, and then seeing it happen. Versus telling yourself, oh, I can't do this, and then wishing you could. I can't tell you, and this is not a judgment on people at all, but I can't tell you how many people have said to me, oh my gosh, I'm just so jealous that you can keep all these plants alive. I can't keep anything alive. And I'm like, actually, I couldn't either. Like, it's, it's not that hard. You just have to kind of change your mindset and you have to, and I start kind of geeking out and, you know, oh, I figured out that if I water too much, then it gets root rot. And I had to look up what root rot was. And I had to look up how to fix that. And, and I like go into it because I'm obviously passionate about house plants. Weird thing I know. And they kind of go, oh yeah, well, you know, you're just, you just have that green thumb. I'm like, no, you didn't hear me. I didn't have that green thumb. And even if I did, because I was quote unquote born with it genetically or whatever, I wasn't using it and I was killing houseplants because I didn't have the mindset that I could do it. Now there are setbacks in this journey as well. I'm going to keep on the houseplant analogy because it's, it's pretty much perfect, I think. So I had several houseplants and... I started getting these little like gnat things. And I'm like, what are these? Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. And they were like fruit flies, but they weren't around the fruit. They were hanging around the plants. And I'd gotten a plant that had been outside from somebody and put it right in with mine. And it turns out I got what they, they call fungus gnats. And these little gnats, they lay eggs in the soil. And they come up and they fly around the plants. And they can go from tree or from plant to plant to plant. And they live in the soil in the pots. And there's lots of ways you can combat them. I had to research a ton of different ways. And I tried, you know, sticky paper. And that got the ones on top. But then two weeks later, all of them would be back. So I had to look up the light. First off, I had to figure out what they were. Then I figured out, oh, I'll just get rid of them with like flypaper kind of stuff. Then they were all back two weeks later. And I looked into the life cycle of these things. And they're laying like a thousand eggs that has a two-week cycle. 
So every two weeks, you think you've gotten rid of them and they come back and all the babies have crawled up and they tend to eat your plant's roots and kill your plants eventually. So I'm like wigging out. I had to figure out, first off, I had to figure out all of these things, figure out what these things were, figure out their life cycle, how to, you know, potentially prevent them. And it came to a point where I had an option. I could throw out all of my plants or I could take extreme drastic measures. So I had a Saturday where I unplanted all of my plants dumped all of my soil into a great big baking sheet. This is going to sound crazy. Great big baking sheet. Put it in my oven and baked the soil to kill all the eggs and to kill all these bugs and to make sure that the soil was dry and everything was killed. So I baked all of my soil. My house reeked, by the way. My husband was not happy. While I was baking the soil, I took bleach and I disinfected the inside of all of my pots. Then I went and got coffee filters and I put in coffee filters in the bottoms of all of my pots so that water could still go through the drainage hole, but no bugs and stuff could come up in through the drainage hole. Then I went and got river rocks. I disinfected those with bleach and water. And then I, you know, and then you rinse them off. And then I put them on top of the coffee filters and then I took out my newly baked dirt, did my dirt, took my plants, which I had scraped the, as much dirt off of the roots as possible, took water, run that over the roots, put my plants in my pots, then put more soil on top. Then I got what's called diatomaceous earth, which is, I, it's really hard to describe. I had a friend give it to me, but it's like this white powder, but it's so little. It has little shards in its, in its pieces. And so it's like a powder, but every little speck of powder actually has like these knife-like shards. And it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't hurt me, but it kills little bugs. So I I put that all, uh, after my soil had dried out because I had rewatered it, uh, I put that all over the top. So hopefully I killed the bugs from the inside with the soil. I disinfected everything that I had while I was baking the soil. Then I took care of the top piece that any of bugs that would be in the soil that may have survived, although unlikely, would die as they crawled up through the soil because they get shredded by these little barbs from the diatomaceous earth powder. And any bugs that had survived on the outside and were flying around, when they went to land to go into the soil, they'd get shredded by the barbs of the diatomaceous earth and die. Actually really cool to watch, by the way. Saw one little fly like land on it. And normally I'm not like die, bug, die, but obviously I put in a lot of work here and little fly landed and I watched it land and it walked two steps on the diatomaceous earth and then died because it just got shredded. Its belly got shredded by the barbs. So it was awesome to see, especially after all this. And knock on wood again, I haven't had a problem with fungus gnats since. And I've also learned that when I get a new plant from somebody or from somewhere, I quarantine it away from all of my other plants for about two to three weeks before I introduce it to my other plants to make sure that it is bug free and doesn't have anything it's going to be bringing with it. I've had to throw some plants away because they, did, they ended up getting something and I was like, mm, can't have that, you know, infect the rest of the plants. So I had to chuck that plant, right? I had a beautiful lemon tree and I loved it, loved it. And it ended up getting somehow spider mites. 
And I was like, I can't risk this happening to all of my other plants. So I got rid of it. Point of all of this is, it's not easy to have a green thumb. I wasn't born with it. I've had to really dedicate to do it. And I tell you that story to show the amount of dedication where I could have just been like, oh, I'm just going to live with these flies or I'm just going to throw all my plants away. But instead, I took the, the route that was going to be the best for my plants, going to be the best for maintaining this mindset of I want to have a green thumb. I want to learn as much as I can. I want to keep these plants alive and healthy. And this is what I need to do. And looking at it all as a learning experience instead of somehow I magically have a green thumb and I know all this off the bat because I had no clue. Lots and lots of research, figuring out that it came from the plant that came outside. And now I quarantine my plants before they come into the fold of all my other plants. Knowing that sometimes I'm going to have to throw away plants that are infected to save the rest of the plants. Now, yes, this is an analogy about plants and house plants, and hopefully you're not bored out of your mind. But it goes back to plants in this can be anything. If there's something you feel like you or you wish that you could have or do, but you feel like you're not born that way, you're not able to do that, or, oh, it just won't happen, or I've tried before, I've tried to keep plants alive before, and it just hasn't worked. Give yourself the opportunity to shift your mindset. And no, you will not have it all figured out before you move forward. You will not have it figured out and suddenly be like, oh, green thumb, I changed my mindset. You're going to have to work hard at it. You're going to have to focus. You're going to have to figure out the routines, the personalities of whatever it is you want to do. You're going to have to figure out the scheduling to fit it in to do the research. You're going to have to dedicate yourself when something hits hard and you're like, do I throw this away or do I keep on pushing through? How do I best push through? You're going to have to do all those decisions to eventually have someone walk in your house and go, "Ah, man, you must just be born this way. So if there's anything that you have ever wanted to do and then you've looked at someone else and go, oh, maybe they're just born that way. I hope that you can remember my houseplants <laughs> and remember that it is a mindset shift and a dedication shift and a resilience shift. But you can get there you can do it. What you tell yourself becomes truth. So if you tell yourself you have a brown thumb, you can't keep anything alive, it's truth. Tell yourself, I want to have a green thumb, I'm going to have a green thumb, becomes truth. And now I know, maybe plants are an easy example. But they're the best example I could think of that gave a full spectrum story. And I'm kind of coming up on the 20 minute mark. So maybe I'll share another story another time with a different way of looking at this, a different analogy, because there are some people who are born with talents and they have to cultivate those, but you have talents too and you can cultivate those. And even if you try something like, let's say singing and you're not that good at it, still a mindset shift to try it. And I think it's funny that uh, I think it's Florence Henderson. That's that movie that came out with Meryl Streep, 
where she couldn't sing, but she loved the arts and she loved singing in the opera so much that she made an album and she became famous off of it. Right? So just go for it. Shift your mindset. Tell you, tell yourself you can do it. Rededicate. Stick with it. Have that resilience and see how your life can change and improve. See if you can get that six foot fiddle leaf fig tree behind you. So I'm going to leave you there. I hope that you weren't bored out of your mind about my plant stories. <laughs> and now you have an inside look at the fact that I have over 50 house plants and kind of a nerd and geek about it. But it is something I'm quite proud of because I had to have a major mind shift, mindset shift to get there. So if there's anything in your life that you need to shift your mindset on, I'd love to hear about it as always. And I just want to give a big shout out to a couple people that have reached out to me via direct message on Instagram and have really made my day. There are two Samanthas who are actually like best friends and it's awesome to hear from them. There uh, is Jess and she's amazing to talk to as well and has been so inspiring. She just finished a work, an 80 day workout challenge and just, you know, I, I don't know her personally, personally, but in our few conversations and by following her, it's been amazing to watch her and I'm so proud of her for that. Um, and then Serafina has also been reaching out and saying and discussing, you know, what she's been doing to try and make her life happier and how the podcast has helped. So a big shout out to the four of you for listening in and for reaching out to me and letting me know how the podcast is changing your life. I truly appreciate it. Also a shout out to uh, Hillary and Brittany. You guys have also been amazing in telling me how the podcast has shifted your perspectives and your mindsets and changed your lives. And it's so it makes me so happy to hear from all of you. So if you are listening and you haven't reached out yet, please do. I love to hear from you. And I'm sure if you reach out to any of the people I just gave a shout out to, they tell you, I, I respond and I care and I'd love to hear about your life and what you're doing to find happiness abound. Also, if any of these episodes resonate with you, please share them with your friends. If you have a friend who's a plant geek and they have nothing to do with happiness, could care less about self-help, this episode still might help them. Who knows? So be sure to share it out. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps the podcast reach as many ears as possible. So I'll leave you with that. And I hope that you can remember to shift your mindset from maybe she's born with it to I can do it. And remember, you are capable of happiness abound.